and welcome. We're the Pandemic Professors. With puppies. Coming to you pre-recorded. Using Zoom. 12 miles apart. With face masks at the ready. I'm Dr. Bowers. And I'm Dr. Barfield. And we're here with you now for connection. Comedy. And comfort. Even though we're in a pandemic, life goes on. People are still having babies. They are. I know a lot of people who are pregnant right now. I'm sure that having a baby is always a different experience for everybody, but there must be a number of challenges being pregnant during a pandemic. Well, the only way for us to find out is to ask. Let's talk to Erin and find out what it's been like for her to be pregnant during a pandemic. Well, Erin, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. What were your concerns going into this pregnancy during a global pandemic? The standard alone of just now being a vulnerable population and not really knowing how COVID-19 affects pregnant women or a fetus at any stage and limiting public interactions and exposures and that sort of thing. So probably similar to what they were before I got pregnant, just now more elevated, but also the lack of involvement that my husband's able to have in doctor's appointments and things like that, trying to find a care provider because uh, I have an older son. He, he'll be five in October. So this is not my first or only experience with pregnancy. So it is a lot different, but it was a top priority to me to be able to have a doula present at our birth. We had one with our son and it was amazing and a lifesaver. So finding a hospital in this area that allows that. Now, I think most of them are. When I got pregnant in April, that wasn't the case. Um, the only one at that time was Lewis Gale in Salem. So I live in Christiansburg and that's a 50 minute drive in, in labor. So just things like that, it, you know, it changed where I was choosing to have a baby, who my care providers were, um, the things that I allow myself to do and not do that were, are completely different from when I was pregnant five years ago. So it's just, and, and, and having to go to all of my appointments alone. Um, the only things my husband has been able to attend are ultrasounds. So that's two at this point because I'm 21 weeks pregnant. That is completely different from how it was with our son, Jack. He went to pretty much every appointment. So he feels much more isolated and disconnected. We have had some non-COVID related things arise uh, that required some additional monitoring for a period of time and having to do all of that alone because he, he couldn't come in. So that's all different. What have you been doing to get through some of that? It sounds very isolating. How have you been supporting yourself and how has he been supporting you? We talk about it and try to like discuss it and how we're feeling about all of that kind of stuff. We like really make a priority to do it weekly and check in with each other and sit and talk about it and specifically ask each other, like we have a we're doing a hypnobabies course. And in that course is a list of talking points between you and your partner about pregnancy, about birth, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so that is something that we dedicate every single week to make us both sit down and take the time and connect and discuss. It's important to me to be able to be physically active and try to exercise to help calm myself down and manage stress. Some meditation. Uh, I also have several other friends who have been pregnant and delivered uh, during the pandemic. So talking with them and their experiences and all that kind of stuff. 
So you mentioned the doctor's uh, experience being different you know, without your husband there. Um, what information have they been able to give you? I know this is still relatively new, so we don't know a lot. Are they able to give you a, a, a lot of information about how you should handle this? Not really. I just try to, to follow all of the recommended precautions, uh, you know, mask wearing, social distancing, hand washing, minimizing exposure to large groups of people, that kind of thing. We've had discussions about me being back at at work on campus in person and it's basically just monitor it day by day and then as long as I feel mostly comfortable and I'm pretty isolated in my office alone I'm not teaching classes in person like so many professors are so I'm not often in large groups of people but they've said um, that if at any point I start to feel like it's not safe that they'll write medical excuses to to have me move back telecommuting and things like that. So basically just a wait and see and try to be as safe as possible. Have you been quarantining away from friends, declining social gatherings? Yeah. And I've had family members who want to talk about baby showers and things like that. And I'm, especially with my family, I don't trust that all of them take it as seriously as I do or um, take as many precautions as I think they should. So I've kind of declined things like that, which is, an, I didn't expect so much that as much um, because it is a second child, but that is something again, that's different than it was before. This being your, your second child and your second pregnancy, you know, I, I would think that there would be somewhat less stress because you know what, what's going to happen. You've been through this before, but I mean, has this caused extra stress on top of that or is it feeling kind of the same way? I would say it is probably the same amount of stress. It's just different triggers. I don't handle being pregnant very well <laughs> because I like to be able to uh, plan and control as much as I possibly can. And that is not a situation in life that you can't. Ultimately, there's a lot going on inside of your body that you cannot control. No matter how hard you try, no matter how much you obsess over it, you just cannot do it. So it's a lot of letting go. I struggled with that the first time around. And I'm not having the same struggles with it that I was then, but you know, there, there are different ones now. And we had minor complications with my first son and everything was fine, but we've got, we've had the same kind of thing happen again. So that in and of itself is just like a reminder that just let it go and give yourself grace because you cannot control this. What are some of the ways you're letting it go? Mostly like with mindfulness and intention. I don't know that I can say I'm having fun with it because it is not my natural state, but just routinely checking in with myself to, to remind myself that it's okay. And I listen to a lot of podcasts that are related to pregnancy and postpartum and uh, I'm in several social media groups for that kind of thing. Um, so just trying to network and find support with people going through similar circumstances that I can talk it out with. Unless things change rather rapidly, this is probably still going to be going on when the baby is born. Are there different things you're doing to plan for after the birth of, of the child that's different from the first pregnancy? there won't be as many people able to physically come in my house and help. And that is 
something that we're still in the process of trying to discuss like what it will look like and how we will navigate that because I'm going to need it. <laughs> There's just no two ways around that. So uh, I don't have an answer for that yet. I mean, we're still, it's also a kind of thing that, you know, we need to look at what does it look like in our area? Um, what does it look like with our families? Is anyone sick? You know, it could be that we have a plan and then someone gets sick and there goes the plan. Trying to do things like freeze a bunch of meals and plan that kind of stuff out. But again, it's just kind of taking it day by day and only planning what I know I can for sure control. <laughs> Sounds like ways that you can be in control. That's what we need to think of for you, right? Yeah, a list of things you can do to be in control. But in all seriousness, how, how do you receive support? I'm not good at receiving support only because I'm not good at asking for help or letting people know when I need help. But again, like most of the time, what I try to do is generally like within myself or like that I can do on my own. So exercise is a big one for me. Giving myself time to be quiet and to, and to be alone and to recharge and regroup, like take a bath, read a book. Um, stuff like that. Again, I do try to meditate daily and that helps. Um, if I start feeling anxious or overwhelmed, I try to go outside, whether that be for like just a 10, 15 minute walk to clear my head and focus on something that's not technology, not the indoors, just something, take a deep breath and be outside. Um, I do talk to my husband about some stuff but he's not always the best at, at listening. He wants to fix. And some of this stuff you just can't. So I usually, if all I need is a listening ear, I tend to go more for some of my mom friends who have just done this in a global pandemic and things like that. So what would you say to um, other people that are, are thinking about getting pregnant during this time? Are there specific things that have helped you or, or thoughts that have changed? Um, as you've gotten used to it um, that have helped you prepare for going through it in this situation? So that's a super complex question because it's going to be different for every single person in every circumstance and whether or not it's going to be worth it for you and your partner and your family. But there are several like OBs and things like that on Instagram that I've followed who do a lot of um, focus on that specific topic, like helping you uh, weigh the, the cost versus the benefit. Um, but one of the biggest things that I have taken away is that there are, there were, well, not as much now that I'm in person, but <laughs> we bumped up our timeline of a couple of months because I knew I was telecommuting and I thought, well, I can knock out the first trimester when I'll probably feel the absolute worst at, while I'm working from home. So that was a benefit that I never had with my first time. That was nice. As far as like, I mean, other perks, some of my um, prenatal appointments can be telehealth. So you're not always having to try to schedule the time for an appointment or find childcare or so on and so forth. Those are things that like I've actually found some silver lining, I guess. And then also if pregnancy is not easy, or worry-free or stress-free, no matter the circumstances. 
even if you've got a, a, a an, an uncomplicated textbook pregnancy. And technically I, I did with before, I mean, it was a normal low risk, all of that, and I'm classified as normal and low risk for this one as well. Um, there's still stuff that's going to, to come up and stress you out, whether that just be the hormone shifts alone, it's never going to be easy. And I don't think that this has necessarily been that much more difficult than it was the first time. It's just that the challenges are different. I would assume that if I chose to get pregnant again in three more years, I would be able to sit and say the same, that it's still hard. <laughs> it's still challenging. It's just every situation is unique. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. This was great. It was great to hear how things are going. It does sound like, you know, as every pregnancy is different and and has its challenges. So this is just a new set of challenges and it sounds like you're adjusting really well to it. So we really appreciate you taking the time to share this with us and, and hopefully help some other uh, prospective mothers out during this, this period. Sure. Thanks for even thinking about it and caring about us crazy people that are like, sure, we'll get pregnant during a pandemic. <laughs> I don't think you're crazy at all. I, uh, I'm so excited. I think it's important to bring information and shed light on pregnancy during a pandemic because the process has changed mm -hmm. and it's more difficult, but not impossible. I, I think that the biggest difference is there's more judgment. Like, why are you doing this? Or um, why, why didn't you wait? And especially because it was very intentional for us and we did plan it uh, and had actually for years planned this time frame and didn't decide to delay it um, largely because we were trying to get our last pregnancy in before I hit advanced maternal age and my window was rapidly closing for that. But you know, again, that's why I say it's very individual and no one else knows what it's like to be in your family or make your decisions and you make the choices for yourself and your family and what's right for you. That's so important to remember always what's right for you and what's best. And we can never decide that for somebody else. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We appreciate you and we wish you and your family the best. Thanks. Bye guys. Bye. There are many ways to contact us and we want to hear from you. You can go to our website, pandemicprofessors.wordpress.com and look for the link that says, click here to leave us a voice message. Or you can email us pandemicprofessors at gmail.com. Send us an idea for a podcast episode. Drop us a note of encouragement. Or send a shout out to someone you're missing. And we may even put it on the air. Pandemic Professors is a podcast on belonging and connection in the midst of the coronavirus. Hosted by Dr. West Bowers. And Dr. Sterling Barfield. We bring together the community of the New River Valley for conversations, comedy, and comfort.